Hi everybody, welcome to Operation uh, Tube Top. This is Tova speaking. So it's been about a week since I did my last one. I'm showing restraint. I think at the beginning I was just so excited to do this. Uh, still am, but uh, I realized that I have to um, do them at least once a week, not, maybe not too many more. Um, I will be actually doing a podcast with one of my closest friends on Saturday night. I wrote her today and I was like, I'm coming to your place, making dinner. And we're going to do a podcast. So that's probably going to be about a four hour long podcast because we do, we do like to talk. So, um, first of all, I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving for all the Canadians out there. Um, Canada has theirs in October. And as my dad likes to say, because at least we can still harvest shit, unlike the American one in November, unless you live in Florida, maybe that's orange season. I don't know. So that's my little job. Um, I have fond memories of Thanksgiving, especially when we lived in Canada. We'd go to my godmother's uh, cottage, my godmother Val, and she lives, or she has this great cottage in Quebec, and it's about an hour and a half drive from Ottawa. And it was just always spectacular colors on the leaves. And uh, sometimes my dad would have to bring the dock in. Uh, so he would get hypothermia and we would have a great turkey. It's just, um, idyllic. It was just amazing. So I completely, it kind of snuck up on me. Otherwise I would have tried to have done a bit of a Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, but I just, I forgot <laughs> bad Canadian. Um, also tonight was parent teacher night, uh, for the kids school. Now he's been there now for what, five, six weeks. He seems to be really, really loving it. Uh, the mornings are awesome with him. He'll be in a deep sleep and we say, well, the school bus is coming soon and he will literally jump out of bed. So, um, it's a real blessing and, um, they're supposed to come at 6:35, and they've been lately coming at like 6:20. Uh, but, uh, it's a little panicky, but we're fine. And he's so good about going downstairs and then jumping into the bus. And this morning he was actually in the front seat. Um, so I think that for him was a big thrill. So this evening was kind of an information evening. It really wasn't specifically about our child, even though everything should always be about our child. It started at five. Uh, the school, we had seen a little bit of it and especially his classroom. And we went into the classroom to talk to the teacher and there was only one other parent there. And I understand, especially when you have a kid with special needs, if there's a single parent trying to get to one of these things can be a real nightmare. So we're very, very lucky that we have a wonderful nanny to watch our kid. Uh, the teacher is actually very, very uh, nice. I feel like she's been, she knows what she's doing I and mean, she might not know that much about autism um, per se, but I think that she's got a pretty good grasp of kids with special needs. And, um, it was a good talk. We talked for about an hour and she talked to the other mom about her daughter and then, uh, talked about our son. And apparently he likes to run around a lot. And I was like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> and, uh, then she took us on a bit of a tour and I had no idea. I mean, I don't know how much money they've pumped into the school, but it is incredible. They have, um, different kind of sensory rooms. So they've got this one room that has different, uh, textures so the kids can touch kind of fake grass and then they can play with like wood cutouts and there's different light systems. I mean, I was like, this is just out of this world. Um, then they also have a room that kind of looks a bit like a angelic brothel. Everything's all in white. And then they've got these kind of tubes of water in kind of 
guess, hard plastic with lights, so kind of bubbles. And I'm sure I've seen that in many nightclubs in the 90s in Russia. And uh, they have different light features and a disco ball, so that was incredible. And then they've got a, a room for the kids to kind of run around, and then they've got a uh, two gyms. I just... Um, yeah, I just have to say that I was happy with the school. I'm even happier now having seen that. So that lasted about an hour. I got home around 6.30. Uh, the husband stayed a little bit longer because there was a bit of an info um, info oven afterwards. Uh, I guess there wasn't much information given at that point. And it reminds me of the time, or it's complete opposite actually of the time. The first time we went to a Elton oven uh, was when the kid was about... I guess he must have been just over a year, a year and a few months. And he had been at the kindergarten for about four months. And we were really excited because we thought, okay, we'll go, be an hour, we'll meet the other parents, and we'll talk to the teachers a little bit. And then we've had we've booked the nanny to stay longer so that we can go and out for dinner afterwards. This is gonna be our, our date night. And we um we show up and I think it started at five or five thirty. And we sit around this circle. And I know I blogged about this because I was just kind of like, what is happening? And there were the two teachers, one teacher who, um, to this day, to, to this day, I can't say her name. She was just really, really terrible to us uh, and to our son. And then the other one who was um, nice enough, but she was kind of bizarre. And we had to go around the circle and introduce ourselves, which I hate doing, and especially having to do it in German. Um, I always have to be like, hi, I'm Tova. I'm from Canada. So they're not like, God, her accent, that is awful. Um, and then we had to kind of describe ourselves. And one of the teachers started talking about how she wears a mask to hide her emotions from the children, because as soon as that mask would fall, um, they would be sad for her. And I was like, I don't know if I'm comfortable with you watching my child. And then we had to go and pick like random questions out of a basket. So they were like, um, I think the husband was asked, uh, if you had a million euros, what would you do? And he was like, Oh, I'd fly to the moon. And I was like, you, you would. And he's like, no, I don't know. And it was just this stupid games we were playing. And we were all given like a different color M&M. I don't know what was happening. And so already about, you know, 45 minutes had passed. And I'm looking at the clock because I'm like, I want to grab some dinner. I want to have some drinks. And then we'll head home. And then suddenly they want us to make frames, like make crafts. So we're supposed to build a frame so they can put a picture of our child in. And I was like, are you, this is cutting into my night out. So I pretty much grabbed a couple of feathers, threw it on, told the husband just glue on a couple stones and we're like done, gotta go. And uh, we didn't have enough time for a nice dinner. So we stopped at our like local cafe uh, for a beer and a cheese sandwich. Uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was our first parent night there. And that was the only one that we attended at that one place. Um, but this was, I have to say, it was a really lovely night um, tonight. And I feel even more confident, um, about the kid being there. And, uh, it's funny because it, growing up as a kid, obviously, um, I remember parent nights because my parents would go and then invariably they'd come back and there'd be this, um, yeah, if you could just, um, apply yourself, and um, there'd be this kind of disappointment or anger, depending on which teacher they talked to. And I wasn't ever a bad kid. I just, I just didn't care. And I also, if I'm not interested in something, 
it's I'm never going to learn it. And uh, uh, I'm just grateful that this was uh, pre-Ritalin because I'm pretty sure I would have been uh, dosed with that and uh, probably, probably could use it now as an adult as well. As you can tell, I like to do lots of different things all the time. So, <coughs> excuse me, I still have a bit of a cough from that stupid cold. Um, but yeah, parent nights, it's interesting to be on the other side and uh, how you, you want to hear only good things about your child uh, because they're an extension of you and we all have a bit of an ego <laughs> when it comes to our kids. Um, yeah, so that was parent night and uh, onwards and upwards. Uh, let's keep this good uh, streak going. So yeah, first podcast after a week and nothing dramatic has happened. I'm excited to say that there are over, I've had over 600 downloads on this podcast and I think this is the 20th episode. Um, so thank you everybody who, who listens. It, uh, it really is exciting and fun to do. And, uh, there are going to be a few more, um, kind of two people podcast coming up. As I said, I have one coming up on Saturday and then next week I am introducing or introducing, interviewing, um, a guy that I met actually, I think it was almost two years ago and, uh, at Feshmarked and, uh, he has a company that's super cool, kind of hipster. And I'll be talking to him next week. I was supposed to actually interview him this evening, but I didn't realize I had a parent teaching night. It's a bit chaotic. Um, so what is new with me? I learned a couple of things uh, recently. I learned uh, that, in fact, okay, so this is completely random. Uh, <coughs> one second, let me just take a, a sip of water before I choke. This this cough. Okay, I'm back. So let's talk about Egypt, ancient Egypt. So like I think many, many kids, I was absolutely obsessed with Egyptology. I think it was around the age of nine or 10 years old when I started learning about it. And I would say for a good four or five years, I was obsessed uh, with Egyptology. And my, I believe it was my godmother actually bought me a stamping kit that had hieroglyphs, hieroglyphs, hieroglyphs. And uh, I try to teach myself how to read that. I mean, I can barely... Um, speak pig Latin, so I don't know what I was thinking there. And uh, I just, I loved everything about Egyptology and all the pharaohs. The thing that really kind of messed me up, though, was the whole BC thing. I mean, backwards math. To this day, I had to actually Google how old are the pyramids. And then when they showed me, you know, something BC, I was like, how old are the pyramids? Give me a number, not the dates. <laughs> so um, either they're 15,000 years old or nine, I don't know. I still, I'm not quite sure on that. I need to listen to a podcast about it. Anyways, what I learned today actually from a podcast is back in the 1920s when Egyptology was very on vogue and people were digging up stuff that they shouldn't have been digging up and King Tut's um, tomb was discovered and suddenly all these kind of things started happening to the people who had opened his tomb. There was tragedy and mystique and there was this... Um, thing that they said that uh, I think at the entrance of the tomb or even on the sarcophagus there was a, a curse so anybody who disturbed this tomb would be cursed and so this is something that I thought existed uh, it turns out that was not true there was actually no um, curse and that kind of bummed me out because I kind of like the idea of this crazy um, King Tut curse 
So um, sorry if I've ruined anybody's um, fun, creepy story, but that apparently was completely made up by the newspapers back in the 1920s because, you know, fake news. <laughs> um, yeah, I do remember when The Mummy came out and I was so excited because it was like, this is completely up my alley and I love that film and I love Brendan Fraser because I think his best work was George of the Jungle. Um which is actually, for me, a very underrated film. Just just putting it out there. So that was one thing I learned was about King Tut. I also learned um, that a spleen is not a bone. Uh, yeah. I, for some reason, thought a spleen was a bone in your chest. I don't know why. I don't know how. Uh, but up until about last week, yeah, uh, I'm not proud. I, I just thought, you know... If your spleen breaks, you die. And I thought it was bone. And I don't, I don't, this is why I'm not a doctor. And I don't like gore. So for anybody out there, if you thought a spleen was a bone, I understand. Because uh, I, I was in the same boat. And I'm not going to Google what a spleen is because uh, invariably there will be a uh, Google image of um, something disgusting. And I don't want to see it. Um, yeah, so that was, that was fun to learn as well. Um, what else is new? Oh. On Saturday, I, you know, I love a good challenge, so I started a three-week challenge. I was supposed to start it with my friend, uh, Sarah, who unfortunately put her back out over the weekend, so I'm on my own. The idea of the three-week challenge is just pretty much working out every day, trying to eat well. I did have pizza last night, but it had onions, so that's technically a vegetable. Uh, but I did uh, hot yoga Saturday morning, and I love Yoga Loft. I haven't been in a long time, and I think I just psych myself out before going, uh, but it's 90 minutes of 40 degrees in of yoga, and after several years, I'm still not flexible because I don't do it enough, but I do feel like it's, after I'm done, I just feel incredible and amazing and dehydrated, but it's great, and my friend Erin, she does something called, I think it's called the Karma, so if you uh, volunteer to help get the place set up and clean up, uh, I think three times a week you have free yoga. So if I did not have a full-time job, I would definitely do that. And she's currently on mat leave, so she was able to do that. And I said I was probably going to go, and she said, I'll be there. And I feel like if she says she's going to be there, then I have to be there. And I think it kind of motivates both of us to go there. So um, she's really good at it. I'm not. Uh, we don't make eye contact. That's the rule. And uh, so I saw her uh, Saturday morning. It was like 7.40 in the morning. I'm wearing a hoodie and I'm wearing sunglasses and I got my earphones in. She's like, you look like you're incognito. And I was like, I'm not wearing makeup and I'm outside. People can't see me. I looked like the guy from Mean Girls, uh, Damien. She doesn't even go here. I just, I don't like to be seen in public without my uh, face spackle. But it was a great session and um, I'm going to go again next Saturday morning because it really is, um, it's, it's amazing. And it's the only 90 minutes of my day that I'm not on the internet or um, listening to people talking, um, you know, podcasts. I'm a little addicted right now. So after yoga, I um, headed back home with the hoodie back on and my sunglasses because I look gross afterwards. I don't shower communally. It's just I can't do it. Nobody needs to see me. Uh, and it's about a five-minute walk away, so I can do that. I can head home. And I um, took a shower and then in the afternoon decided to take the kid 
for a walk because he, um, after seeing the school, I understand why he gets bored on the weekends now. I mean, he pretty much goes to Disneyland every day and I now understand why he sleeps so well. Um, so I decided to take him on a long walk. So I thought we'd do like a 90 minute walk, which is kind of 30 minutes more than he usually does. And, um, we walked through the neighborhoods. So we kind of had this route where we go down this one kind of hill and we hit Margaretenstrasse and then we walk to kind of the bobbies there and then we go back up Margareten and we go to Margaretenplatz and then we head back home and this time I decided to stop at McDonald's at Pilgrimgasse and he does love french fries so we stopped there for um, a small fry and there are no seats so there's just like a standing table with a bit of a footrest so he was able to kind of grasp the other side of this standing table and eat his fries I was impressed but like a bat um clinging on and so after that we walked back home and uh just had kind of a chill afternoon uh, in the evening i decided to kind of do some more crafts which i'll talk about afterwards uh the next day i actually wanted to go to central friedhof which is the main cemetery um it's gorgeous and beautiful and um, it's a great place for kids. <laughs> no, I figured it'd be a good place to go because there is no um, no water for the kid to try to jump into. Uh, if we go to certain parts, we'll be alone and we won't bother anyone. And uh, it fulfills my inner goth. But the weather was kind of crappy. I also had to reach uh, 31,000 steps. So I think I mentioned before at work, we have this walking challenge. Um, we all got these kind of like little pedometers, uh, virgin pulse. And the stupid challenge was that we had to beat our best, our personal best stepping amount, uh, whatever it's called. And, you know, like a dumbass, I had walked 30,000 steps uh, one day. So I had to beat it. So in the morning, I took a two and a half hour walk on my own. I loaded up on podcasts and I kind of walked down um, first Sweden Hauptstrasse, then past the Bristol Hotel and the Grand Hotel, past uh, Cafe Schwarzenberg, then past Stadtpark. Cafe Brücke, then there was Schwedenplatz, and then I walked around to Schottenring, and then past the old stock exchange, then Schottentor, Votivkirche, Burgtheater, I went into the Burggarten and took some pictures, kind of around the Hofburg a little bit, and then kept walking, um, and then I kind of walked almost to the opera, then kind of swung back around, went to Marie Hilfestrasse, and since it was a Sunday, it was pretty empty. And what's really pretty right now, if you go to Marie Hilfestrasse, is all these little, I don't know what tree it is, or the trees are, but they are all bright yellow and gorgeous. So almost stopped for a pumpkin, pumpkin spice latte, but decided against it because there was a line. I don't like lines. Um, and then kind of walked to Lashmarkt, and then up Kettenbrockengasse. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a really great walk. So I was like, oh, I'm sure I've, I've almost hit my 31,000 steps. And then I looked at my stupid thing and it said 19,000. And I was like, oh God. So I went back home, um, sat for a few minutes, uh, about an hour I ate something. And then I said to the kid, like, hey, you want, you want to take a walk? Um, so I took him for an hour walk and got some more steps in and I still wasn't there. And then a couple hours later, I then went for a 5k run. So Yesterday was pretty intense, and I did reach my 31,000. I don't want to have to do that again unless I have the day, the day off completely. But that was, uh, was pretty intense. Um, once the kid was in bed, we had, we had had pizza before, and then he went to bed, and then I crawled into bed. 
and um, decided to make some collars. So what I've started is making kind of lace detachable collars and they're going to be different kinds. I've already come up with some names. Uh, I made one that I'm going to call Gossip Girl. One is called Interview with the Vamp. Um, another one is going to be kind of a a bigger collar and it's going to be almost puritanical style and it's going to be called kind of Amish so it's going to be Amish you. Um, <laughs> I have different ideas and uh, eventually I'm going to put them on Etsy and try to sell them because I need to make some more money. Um, life's expensive so we'll see how that goes but it's been really really fun to do and I like that I'm doing something creative again. Uh, I always feel like I need to be doing something. I can't just sit and watch TV. I go crazy if I'm not multitasking. So this has been kind of therapeutic for me. And, uh, it was kind of an idyllic Sunday night to just be sitting in bed and sewing. And, um, yeah, they're all handmade. They're all with Austrian supplies. They're made with love. So when I have my Etsy shop, please, uh, please buy them. Please support, uh, my shopping habit. Um, even though I haven't had one for about a year. Uh, what else? Oh yeah. Don't forget. I think it's the Sunday are the Austrian elections. Please get out there and vote. I can't vote in any country. So, um, it's frustrating. So if you have the possibility to vote, get out there. Um, this is going to be a very, um, maybe scary election. Uh, we don't know which way it's going to go. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's scary times. Just remember that, um, uh, the more inclusive of a society, you can be, um, the less chance for, uh, terror. Uh, when you create a community of understanding and, um, acceptance, things run a lot smoother. That's my, that's my political, um, shout out for the evening. Um, I guess you can tell that, uh, a bit of a bleeding heart liberal when it comes to things. So, um, also this weekend, so on Saturday is going to be another sensory friendly movie afternoon at the film casino. This is open to everybody. Um, pretty much the concept is that the lights are higher, the sound is lower. Uh, also it's, you know, if there's a kid with special needs, uh, there, you can't be annoyed by, um, different sounds because it is, uh, inclusion friendly. I did hear shushing. Uh, the other time we were there and I was like, eh, don't worry about it. Don't stress out. My child will be running around uh, like, um, he drinks Red Bull for breakfast. So, uh, again, we'll probably last about 15, 20 minutes as we did last time, but it's great. It's, he, he does enjoy it and it's nice to see, um, it's nice for us to even have the possibility. So check that out. It's this Saturday starting at two at Film Casino. It's another Japanese animation. Um, Let's see, what else is new? Oh, a uh, little side note. So there was a uh, football game, so soccer, as we say, in North America, uh, just last week, and it was Serbia versus Austria. And I guess somebody brought a, uh, a portrait of Princip. This is the man who assassinated uh, the Arch Archduke Ferd Franz Ferdinand, which was kind of the catalyst for World War One. And my husband told me this story, that there was a portrait at the game, like somebody... <laughs> brought a poster of this guy and I was like oof ooh, damn fighting words and that also was like a hundred years ago guys like yeah um Archduke Franz Ferdinand who was assassinated and uh, as I said catalyst for World War One 
you can actually see the car in a museum here. It's the War Museum, or as the German word is, um, how I say it personally is the Herrschgeschichtsmuseum, Museum, because I can't say the word. Uh, it's a tough one. But you can actually see the car where he was assassinated in. Um, no, they will not let you take uh, your Christmas family pictures in the car. Don't ask me how I know that. Um, but that is a really cool museum. If you have a chance, it's in the 3rd District. You can take the 18 tram there. And uh, it's actually, I think, one of the best museums in Vienna. There's a lot to see. And they have some kind of cool festivals. They have kind of a Ren Fair festival there sometimes and uh it's uh i think we once went there with uh, the kid when he was a baby and they started doing like some kind of shooting practice and that woke him up and we were like oh yeah we're not gonna do that they also have a really cool cool uh, medieval christmas market which i actually have never been to but everybody seems to rave about it so hopefully this year i'll get a chance to go yeah so check out the car there um oh and on facebook yesterday i posted something that to like at this moment still makes me giggle um, it's from, it was kind of a, a screenshot of two people having a conversation and it starts off with, um, what is this doing in our bathroom? And it's a picture of a stuffed animal, which is like a, a lobster, a crab holding a tray. And on this tray are like sanitary napkins and tampons. And the other person responds with, <laughs> it's the menstruation crustacean station, and then it says, uh, the other person responds, please move out. Uh, no men liked what I posted. Um, all the ladies thought it was hilarious. And I feel like I need to have a menstruation crustacean station in my bathroom because it is amazing. Uh, whoever came up with that, you are, you are a genius. You should be, you should be writing for comedy shows. Um, so the rest of the week I will be, uh, well, tomorrow and Wednesday I have to work later, unfortunately. Uh, which means I'm unable to go to Mosaic, uh, which is, I interviewed uh, Deirdre and Chanda the other week. They're amazing. The show is going to be incredible. Please, please go. I will be at the one in November. It'll be a uh, Dios de la Muertes um, theme, which will be great. Uh, I'm bummed that I'm missing it tomorrow, but uh, I do have to, to work. Ugh. Um <clears throat> I did not win the lottery on Friday, so uh, still have to um, work nine to five. Uh, what else is new? Oh, I'm reading a really amazing book right now, which is scaring the absolute crap out of me. Um, it's called The Gift of Fear, and it's written by a former FBI agent. And I had read about this book a lot. Like I had um, seen people, women posting and saying, this book changed my life. I... Um, you know, I have such a better intuition about things. And in about a second, I'm just going to take a quick break. I'm going to tell you just kind of the first few pages. Um, and I'm not going to ruin it for you, but because it is just the beginning of the book. So think of this as kind of the um, the free sample told to you by Tova in probably not the best way. But I've told a couple of people the beginning of this book, and uh, both women were like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to read this book. This sounds terrifying. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then I'll be right back. Okay, so I'm back now with um, the little uh, little story from The Gift of Fear. So it kind of is this woman, and I think her name is supposed to be Kelly, and uh, she uh, gets home from grocery shopping. She's got kind of 
groceries and she's going up her apartment building steps inside and she drops a tin of cat food and kind of rolls down uh, a few steps and a guy comes up suddenly and is like oh you dropped this let me help you and he ends up saying here I'll carry your shopping bags for you and she's like no no it's okay and he kind of says no no, no I'll, I'll I'll carry them it's fine you, you we've got a cat upstairs that's starving obviously and she kind of ignores a lot of warning signs and at, you know he comes to her apartment he's talking to her he's really chatty and then he kind of brings her groceries into her apartment and then he ends up raping her and this is awful and after he's done what he's done, it's been three hours of torture, he um, he gets up and he says he's going to get a glass of water. But before he does that, he shuts her window and starts to walk out of the room and turns on her stereo um, system, turns up the music. And instinctually, or instinctively, she grabs a sheet uh, and wraps herself in it and follows him down the hallway silently he doesn't hear her and he goes towards the kitchen and she just keeps walking out of the apartment and goes straight to the neighbor's apartment and just like just knows that their door is going to be unlocked opens the door walks in and they're in there the neighbors and she closes the door and they call the police and she, you know, is telling this FBI agent, because the book, The Gift of Fear, is written by this former FBI agent. She says she just knew the minute he closed the window that he was going to kill her when he came back. It's it's such a horrifying thing to read about, but he kind of goes over all the steps before, you know, the warning signs that were there. And um, as women, as we all know, uh, we are constantly on guard. Uh, it's uh, it's a reality, and, a, and many men don't seem to understand this, that uh, we are in constant, um, we're just constantly aware. And maybe not in our early 20s when we did stupid shit, uh, <laughs> not not pointing any, if you just applied yourself, Tova. Um, I applied myself to dumbassery, uh, but I think we all, all have done that. <laughs> But it was pretty much, uh, this book, it really does teach you a little bit more. And uh, I can't put it down. I'm scared out of my wits, but I think it's it's good to be aware. And as I said before, every woman um, always is a little bit aware or always aware of their surroundings. It's a, it's a sucky, sucky reality, um, being a woman. Even walking alone uh, in a forest, uh, a friend of mine was listening to my podcast, and she's listening to it now, uh, I'm sure. She said that she was listening to it and walking through uh, a park here in Vienna, Seinstoffer Park, and then she got a little bit scared because there was a weird guy sitting on a bench. And I'm sure, you know, completely harmless person, but that's uh, that's our reality as women. And uh, uh just be aware and I'll tell you more stories about this book if you decide not to read it and freak you all out so if somebody closes the window just scream at them the, my husband's gonna go over and like close a window I'll be like what no um yeah so good book good book um Friday is uh Friday the 13th speaking of being scared uh I always have I don't know I always find them lucky days 13 is kind of my lucky number so uh I don't really have anything planned, but maybe I'll watch something scary uh, and lock my door. And uh, I'm going out Thursday evening. I first have a little afternoon birthday thing to attend to, and then I'm meeting a friend for dinner, which is going to be a lot of fun. 
and Saturday, as I said, I'm going to be uh, interviewing a friend of mine. I'm sure we will be talking forever. And since it is October and I'm, you know, doing my best to be in the Halloween mood, it's kind of hard when you're an adult and you have real responsibilities to kind of keep that uh, mojo going. So I decided to look up a ghost story about Vienna and there aren't that many and I'm sure I mean there are there is an organization called Ghost Hunters Vienna which I would actually love to uh, check out at one time I would probably go running and screaming from wherever we are and they'd be like that's just an air conditioning unit you idiot anyway um so I looked something up and I found uh there's there's this uh, apartment building called Katzensteig House, which kind of translates to the Cat Trail House, and it's in the first district, Rabensteig 1, so it's kind of near Schwedenplatz, and it's, uh, I'm kind of reading what this person wrote, it was some blog, and it says, this house looks shabby and sinister, otherwise it doesn't really stand out. I guess, sinister, that, that stands out. Um, but they say it is said to be cursed, and who is the ghost? Well, apparently, back in the day, I don't know which day, I should have probably researched that, a wicked woman, who they call an adulteress, was trying to poison her lover's wife, but instead poisoned herself. Now, I don't know what happened. That sounds amazing. I don't know if she was like, left cup, poison, right cup, okay, and then got confused, but I don't know how she accidentally poisoned herself. So she ended up dying, and apparently she's damned to walk around as a white cat who is seen scurrying over the roofs of houses in the first district. Everyone who sees the white ghost cat will be, I love that they use this word, dogged by bad luck. Now all my cat-loving friends would be like, it's a kitty, <laughs> and they'd chase it. Um, so yeah, if you see a white cat in the first district, that is the adulteress who uh, stupidly poisoned herself. Uh, you can't go inside because it's under a renovation right now. That's what they say. I don't know when that was. Uh, I'm going to probably try and check it out on the weekend. Maybe I'll take some pictures and Instagram it because that's kind of cool. And the suggestion of the blogger was comfortably sit down at a table of the surrounding bars with a view of the Katzensteig house. Order a glass of wine and then in brackets or two or three. I'm liking this blogger. Um, this will greatly Enhance your chance of a ghost cat sighting, which is great because then you have bad luck. Um, and then your bad luck is probably that you ordered a really expensive glass of wine when you could have gotten the house wine, which it cost a lot less. Um, yeah, so that's my ghost story. If you have any uh, Vienna ghost stories, uh, please, 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 please um, email me uh, or write me a private message on Facebook or send a smoke signal because I love a good ghost story and I'm going to try to think of some more ghost stories that I remember from my childhood uh, to talk about because it is October and you have to embrace the Halloween spirit. Uh, speaking of Halloween, three less than three weeks is the party. I think we're going to be having about 70 people uh, in all, in total. The husband will not be there because the in-laws, unfortunately, are leaving a day before the party. So usually they take the kid for the night, but since they're not going to be here, the husband's going to be staying with the kid at the in-laws. So it'll be just me as the hostess. So when you walk in, I'm like, the alcohol's in that room, the food is in that room. Um, yeah, have fun. But I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. I've already come up with the menu, which I always do a couple months in advance. 
and then change it last minute and then panic. And I've got to start working on my costume. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's uh, As always, it's going to be a blast. And usually the last people leave around 2.30 or 3 in the morning. And then I make myself some mac and cheese craft dinner. And I sit on the sofa and have pasta and think, oh my god, I'm so tired. <laughs> but worth it. Um, yeah, so I hope you all have a great week. And uh, again, if you're going to Elton Aben, don't don't be triggered from your childhood about not applying yourself. Look at me now, mom and dad, sitting in my bed doing my podcast, unpaid for it. <laughs> uh, again, Saturday is the sensory friendly Kino Nakatag. Thank you again for everybody who has listened to this podcast for the past couple of months. It's been uh, it's been kind of surreal and fun. Um, mark your calendars for November 14th. I had the date wrong. I said November 16th, but November 14th, I will be giving a talk about autism, uh, for the American Women's Association. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. So I've been working on my speech and, uh, uh I'm going to have to start practicing that and, uh, probably cut out all the stuff I talk about myself and talk more about autism. And yeah, I hope you have a great evening. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for reading my blog. Thanks for, uh, being a friend. Um, have a great night. And as always, toodles.